Welcome to the Forever 80s podcast, hosted by Liz Worth, where we talk to fans, artists, collectors, and more about all the things we love about the 1980s. Right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Forever 80s podcast. I am Liz Worth, and I am so excited to welcome Miranda Warby today, who is a UK-based My Little Pony collector. Miranda, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me today. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited that you're here. Uh, so I, you know, I, in preparation for chatting with you, you know, I saw that you have been into ponies since we're really, really, really young. Yeah, since I was about three or four years old. Yeah, My Little Pony has always been there since then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm curious about this. Did you go through any phase as you got into your teens where you didn't like My Little Ponies or were you were you always loyal to your toy collection? I mean, uh, definitely. When I, I was just saying the other day online, when I was about 13, I brought my last Generation 1 My Little Pony and I can remember taking it into school and 13 years old, really proud that I had this My Little Pony toy and all my friends were like, wow, that's a bit childish. That's a little bit babyish for you to have. So it got me thinking a little bit. And then I suppose I was about 14 and I came up with the idea of packing all the ponies away and putting them in a box. And instead of having ponies on the shelf or in the bedroom it was music cds and all that type of thing so i definitely moved more over to a music and band side of thing and the ponies did get packed away sadly but you held on to them though oh yeah i definitely i kept them yeah they um, as i said they got put in a box and they got put in the garden shed which today fills me with absolute horror at the thought of putting a prized uh, toy in the shed like that, but I just packed them up and they got put in the shed. But I definitely wouldn't have thrown them away. They did get all kept. Ah, that's amazing. Yeah, I I was so curious about that, if you had your original ponies in your collection, because I had, I loved My Little Pony when I was growing up as well. And I'm an 80s kid and I went through a phase in my teens where I similar feelings I thought you know I need to grow up and I felt all this pressure to kind of I think a lot of us go through that right we go through pressure to push away our childhood yeah definitely yeah yeah Yeah. and so I sold all of my ponies at a garage sale for twenty dollars I know (laughs) huge regret (laughs) there's so many people that say they just either donated them to thrift stores or gave them away to other family members, sold them. Yeah. And then as you get older, you sort of realize like, I shouldn't have done that at all. Yeah. And I think that's something that's, it's, I don't know. I don't know if it's unique to our generation. I think we're, we're probably one of, you know, one of the first generations to start to see our toy collections pop back up online. Right. Because I know for me, it was when eBay started that I realized I could buy my ponies back and I had all this regret of getting rid of them. And I was like, oh, I can, I can find them again. It was kind of exciting. Yeah, I mean, that that's how I got back into it as well. I found eBay in the late 90s and I realised, like, hold up, I can get ones I didn't have when I was a kid. I could get the ones... I did leave some at my friend's house being a kid. She loved My Little Pony as well, so I would take a bag of ponies to her house and play with them. She'd leave some at my house. So when we went our separate ways as teenagers, obviously it was that fatal day where stuff just got left at each other's houses so she ended up with some of mine I ended up with some of hers but then it made eBay made me realize 
like it just opened up a world of being able to buy all the ones that I was missing. And that's where it started mainly for me as well, thinking I can collect every single one that there ever was. And that was that was my idea with them in the end to get them all. Yeah, there's something there's something I think ironic about how we look at at our childhood and what what we decide to do as adults. And because when we're kids, I think a lot of us tell ourselves, you know, when I if I had money, I would buy all the toys I wanted, right? And then we grow up and we start working and we start making our, mo- our own money, but we've moved on from all of these things that we used to really want. And so there's something I think really satisfying for those of us who are into toys or into, you know, or who want to maybe replace an old collection that we're nostalgic for, uh, where we have the freedom to do that, but not, not everyone embraces it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, um, I get a lot of people say to me, especially with a generation thing, like I was 40 in December. So a lot of people that are approaching that age now start thinking of the toys they had when they were a kid. And you, a lot of people, like even myself included, didn't have, my parents didn't have the money when I was a kid to get necessarily a toy that I wanted or a play set. But now you're older and you earn your own money. You can go out and buy whatever, <laughs> it sounds silly, you can go out and buy whatever you want. So I think a lot of people, the first thing they think of is the toys that they had when they were a kid. And that's why you end up going back and trying to buy them all, I guess. Why do you think we're so drawn to the toys that we had? I think it's definitely a nostalgic thing. It For me, like with my childhood ponies, I can pick that pony off of the shelf as I've got them displayed now. And it takes me back to being, say, 10 years old again. And it's just like going back in time and where there was no worries, no stress, no problem. And you can just pick up that toy and it just takes you straight back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think especially now the world just seems so chaotic, right? And it, yeah, it's definitely. nice to have a little something to escape back to, maybe. Yeah, I mean, like for me as well, I find it a real switch off when you've got the news and everything's so depressing. And it's always, it seems to be at the minute, especially with COVID and everything after that, just doom and gloom. So I think toy collecting just can take you away from all that and you can just switch off for a little bit and just forget all the worries in the world. That's what I love about it as well. Mm-hmm. Why do you think My Little Pony is such an enduring franchise? Um, I think what has helped with My Little Pony as well is the fact that ponies that from when I was a kid that I remember have carried through into the other generations. And that's what made me take notice of Generation 4, as they call it, because I saw a pony called Applejack and I had one called Applejack when I was a kid. So I was like, wow, I remember that. And that's what got me into Generation 4 and collecting that side of things. And I think it's the whole, I always think that the TV shows and the movies were really, really simple and just about friendship and being kind. And there's no real life drama as such with things like that. So it just means you can switch off and, as I said earlier, go back to a simpler time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just nice, right? It's it's like I think My Little Ponies are yeah. they're they're yeah they're cute you know cute pastel colored horses and they're friendly and yeah, yeah I mean, especially the colors as well as you said the pastel colors I think that draws people in too just to see all the different colors and it's I think sometimes it's good. when you grow up things can become really boring as an adult you've got to you know things are a set you've got to paint your house a certain color you've got to have that a certain color you can't wear that you can't do that and you, it can become a bit boring so as you when you see the pastel colors as you say 
it is just really bright and it does take you back to just being a kid. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, do you think that there's a, a difference between people who grew up in the 80s and younger generations or even previous generations uh, that didn't have the same kind of marketing happening with the, the pop culture that they were consuming? Because I know with My Little Pony and G.I
it's a really good positive community as well. There's, you know, there's the whole different side with the bronies and that side of thing, which you just don't really seem to get with other generations. Obviously, there's generation one collectors that are um, male and female and different um, people collect different generations. But generation four, I think, has just got its own, as I said, its own little world. And I didn't really get into generation four until about 2016 when I saw an Applejack figure and I was like, oh, okay, that, and as I said, that's Applejack that I had when I was a kid and it sort of pulled me into it. But I don't think, as I said, without the crossover of including generation one names, I don't think I would have loved generation four as much as I do without them pulling generation one in. So for me, generation one, it helped pull me into generation four, but I don't know with the generation four collectors, if it predominantly pulls them into generation one, if that makes sense. That does make sense. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. Have you uh, have you found that there is a big community around My Little Pony G1, though, as well? There is a, yeah, there is a huge community around Generation 1. And obviously, um, I've also, I always used to think it was people of a certain age that just wanted to collect Generation 1 because that's the era you grew up with, as we were saying, and that's what you remember. But what has surprised me this past five or six years where I've been on Instagram and following other collectors is the amount of young, like um, 18 to 25-year-olds that love Generation 1. And what you said earlier, they love the pastel colours and um, the marks on them, the symbols. So it's surprising how many younger collectors do love Generation 1 as well. Mm. I find that really interesting because I, I've also noticed that there are a lot of younger people who are drawn to many other facets of the the 80s in general. And this is one of the things I'm always so curious about is what is it about the 80s that people are so drawn to? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, for, obviously with me, I, I was born in 1982, so I grew up with the music. Um, one of my favourite bands in the world is AHA, the 80s, you know, predominantly 80s band. I love them so much. And the toys. But I think, I don't know whether it's because I was thinking of this the other day. Is it the fact that the 80s was on the start of technology changing with different bits coming in, like electronic toys? You had like very, very early computers and computer games. But I think for some people, it's just the colours and the, as we said, the colours and Sometimes the simplicity of a toy as well. A, my, a plastic My Little Pony toy doesn't have bells and whistles. It doesn't make a noise. It doesn't zoom across the floor at 500 miles an hour. But it's just the simplicity of a toy like that, I think, that people love as well. Ah, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's not going to break, right? You know, electronic things don't last forever, but a My Little Pony, it's pretty durable. Yeah, I mean, my poor ponies as a kid got chucked in the bath, left in the garden, buried in the mud, taken to the beach, put in the sea, everywhere, and they're, they're still here today. So you're right. If I'd have taken a electronic other toy somewhere, it would just smash to pieces. So definitely it's the longevity of them as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I was, a, you know, when I was a teenager in the 90s, and I don't know if you remember something similar, but in the 90s, everyone wanted to get as far away from the 80s as possible. And a lot of people, you know, were almost saying like the 80s are over. And a lot of the music that had been so huge in that era 
was being taken over by other sounds, right? Like grunge was a big backlash against yeah, yeah against bands like Aha and that that very you know poppy synthesizer sound. And one of the things I find really interesting about the 80s is that now the 80s feels so popular and everywhere you go, it's the music you hear in the grocery store. It's the, yeah, it's the culture that you see. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of things continue to either be remade or reinvented that came out in that era. Yeah, definitely. I think like um, definitely with toys and that as well, if, as you said, the toys, My Little Pony has been reinvented so many times and each time it is popular but I definitely think now, as you said, the 80s has become more of a respected era, even down to bands where bands now where they say they're such a respected band, as you in the 90s, you wouldn't have got the respect that the bands got. The same with the toys. When I, As I was saying, when I was at secondary school and I was about 13 or 14, it went all over to electronic toys like a Tamagotchi or a little electronic pager. Nobody wanted to play with any toys like that. Even down to where I was, a Barbie doll was seen as uncool. So My Little Pony was seen as definitely uncool because it was electronic. So me as a kid trying to hold on to that for as long as I could was hard because all my friends had moved on. And in the end, I did, as I said, move on. But for me, I didn't want to let that 80s toy go. But I guess times do change. But I think now it's become more of a respected thing. But you can look back as I said, at bands, or you can look back at My Little Pony or other toy lines from the 80s, Care Bears, and see the longevity that it's got. To me, it's almost timeless, but at the time, you couldn't see that it had that longevity. It was just out of fashion, and that was it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. What do you think it says about our society when we are so quick to push our childhood away as we get older rather than make space for it i think i think it's really sad in one respect and i've watched the film big yesterday with tom hanks and i was saying um it's sad because obviously he's got the ideas as a kid and goes into the toy production company and gets a job and i was saying they need to do more toys from a kid's perspective you know we um it just wasn't cool as a kid when you get a bit older to like stuff like that. Sorry, I've forgotten what your question was. My mind's gone blank. Oh, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Pushing out. What, what does it say about our society when we are, we're so quick to push away our childhood? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I mean, for me, obviously with these, the pony toys, I've tried to hold on to my childhood as long as I can because it was a wonderful, happy childhood and they bring back the memories. But I think sometimes you can be too quick to grow up and it's you've got to pack that stuff away. You don't need it anymore. You're now an adult and you sort of lose that little bit of innocence and sparkle that some kids have. I mean, I can remember as a, as a kid just spending hours playing with My Little Pony and making up my own worlds. So, yeah, I just, yeah, pushing it away. I think everyone needs to, from my point of view, everyone who hasn't got a toy from their childhood needs to go and buy a toy from their childhood and it will open up your imagination again and you hold that toy in your hand and you'll be taken back to when you were a kid again, definitely. Mm, I love that. I love that. It's also It also makes me think of sometimes replacing our phones with a toy for a minute, right? Because our phones can become so distracting yeah. and, and send us so much information all at once. But as you're saying, you know, yeah, My Little Pony is so simple. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, even like if I go into a toy store near me now and I see the re-release My Little Ponies, to this day, it's like it takes me back to being a kid and going to Toys R Us or another toy store and seeing them in the shop. That's that's another thing I think a lot of people sort of, if they've got kids, they can live it through their kids. You know, you can get a toy and think, oh, I had something like that when I was a kid. But if you haven't got kids, I think sometimes you can sort of lose that little bit of sparkle, like I said. So just, as I said, even if you put your phone down and picking up a toy you had when you were a kid will just switch any bit of stress that you had off and it will be gone. So put the phone down and pick up one of your toys or a play set from a kid and you can just de-stress and forget everything about the world for a minute. Even if it's only for a minute, a minute is better than nothing. Mm, I love that. Yes. I read that you have one of the biggest toy collections in the UK. Is that true? Um, I'm I'm quite, I think I'm quite modest when it comes to my collection. I don't see what I have, if that makes sense. Because to me, 90% of it has always been with me from when I was a kid. So I just collect along the way. But I, I mean, I stopped counting at 2000 My Little Ponies. And that was about four years ago. And I haven't counted since. So um, I have had um, a few people come and photograph the toy room or the pony room, as I call it. And they have said it is one of the biggest collections. So I take that as a compliment. Obviously, I don't see collecting as a competition. To me, if you've got one toy from that generation that you love or if you've got 5,000 toys, you've got a collection. It has to start somewhere. And people always say to me, um, how did you get so many my little ponies and I want that many and I'm like well I had to start somewhere when I was a kid I, I got my first my little pony I got one so I started with one as a kid and it's taken a good 25 26 years of serious collecting to get to where I am but I'm quite proud of the fact like for me I want to preserve it for other people to see as well so I'm quite proud of the fact I have got quite a big my little pony collection for people to come and see as well Mm-hmm. Did you, um, did you, when you first started buying My Little Pony on eBay and building up this collection, were you intentionally becoming a collector or was this more of an organic process where you just thought like, I want to buy some ponies and it just built into something more? Yeah, I mean, I, I started when I was a kid, there were certain ponies that I wanted from the movie or the TV show and you couldn't always get them in the UK. So when I got to the stage where I could blow all my money that I was earning on eBay each month. Um, it sort of became a slow process of picking, oh, I wanted that one as a kid. That's on eBay. I'm going to buy it. And then it progressed really quickly onto realising how many there were because I didn't realise until I looked on certain early My Little Pony websites and was like, okay, there's quite a few that I haven't got. I didn't realise. And buying big, big boxes stuffed full of My Little Ponies and they were dirt cheap um like 15 20 dollars from america and i could pay about 15 dollars to get them shipped to the uk then in the late 90s so say 30 dollars i could get a big box of my little pony and then my collection grew pretty pretty quickly from that wow yeah it's a, it's amazing and you know, for people who are listening who haven't you know, poked around online and looked at my little pony listings on ebay or etsy or elsewhere you know, now I think people would be surprised uh, at some of the prices on certain ponies, especially if they're still in the box. Yeah, I mean, that that's what's really 
scary for me now is how much prices have gone up. And I think, again, that's a generation thing. All of those people from the 80s are reaching that dreaded 4.0 age and they start to begin looking for the toys they had as a kid. So everyone starts looking and then the price um, escalates quite a bit. Then you get past that age and then you sort of forget about it again and the price goes down a little bit. But I can remember uh, late 90s picking up Mint in Box Generation 1 for, for £5 on eBay. And my one regret still to this day, there was a Mint in Box. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was. That's how much I regret it. But there was one that was Mint in Box for £5. And I had about £15 left out of my, my wages that month. And I brought two, which left me with £5. And I didn't get the other, the other one that this seller was selling. And my one regret to this day is that I didn't get it because now it's not always about the money. And for me, it's not. But now it's worth about £350. So now I don't think I have any hope of getting it mint in box. So, yeah, I mean, prices, they vary so much as well. You'll get people that will tell you a pony is rare and it's not rare at all. And it's worth about £10, but they'll try and sell you it for 50 or £60. So I think Obviously, research is important as well because I've made the same mistake as well when I first started collecting. I would pay a little bit more to get that pony that I wanted rather than wait. If you Just wait a couple of weeks and another one will appear. There will always be another one appear. So don't waste your all of your money on one that's very much overpriced when you could get it a little bit cheaper a few weeks later and let you go and buy another one in the meantime as well. Oh, that's really good advice. I think that's good advice for doing anything vintage because what I've noticed is that sometimes people conflate vintage items or valuable items. And just because something is vintage doesn't mean it's valuable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can slap a vintage tag on anything and people just put the price through the roof. And I was talking to a guy who works at a local auction near me because they had some My Little Pony items in. And he was saying his son collects video games, but he collects the um, early 2000 video games, which are now classed as modern vintage. So even with My Little Ponies Generation 3, My Little Ponies from 2003 onwards are now classed as modern vintage. So you see online for sale modern vintage they'll slap that vintage price tag on it just because it says vintage. And as you said, just because it's vintage doesn't mean it's valuable at all. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I think some of the details that you're talking about, such as, you know, is it in the box? How many did they make, right? It Was it a limited edition? All of those things are important to consider when we're collecting anything or looking at anything vintage, because you're right. So there's so there, there's no shortage of stuff in the world. <laughs> and there are some ponies that, that they made a lot of that edition or that model of pony, right? Yeah. And plus as well, as you said, condition, I mean, has it, for me, we've always. when I first started, I didn't care if it had a haircut. I didn't care if half of that cutie mark had been erased off by a kid, if they had names on the bottom of their hooves. It didn't bother me. I just wanted to hold that pony in my hand and finally say, I've got that after wanting it for all those years. But now I do look at condition more than anything as well. Obviously, there's there's ponies that I've been after forever and a day. And if I see one cheap enough, I'm going to get it because it goes back to wanting to hold that toy and finally say I've got it. But later on down the line, if I can replace it for a better condition one, I would do that as well. I think condition is key with stuff. You get, you know, there's collectors that have got 
a very, very small collection, but their stuff is pristine. It's mint inbox, it's on a card, you know, it's it's just never been played with. And I understand that. I think sometimes I did over collect just, just to get the ponies in my collection. Whereas goes back to what I said, I could have waited a few months, six months or so, and I could have got the same pony in a better condition, definitely. Mm-hmm. What would you tell people who might be interested in buying a toy from their childhood or even starting a collection around a certain toy, but because they're adults, because they're grown up, they feel a little bit embarrassed or ashamed to go out and actually do that for themselves? I would say do not be embarrassed because I'm one of them people, I don't care what people think or people say. If people are embarrassed for me collecting what I love, then that's their problem, not mine. But I also fully understand that people do get embarrassed, whether it's collecting a toy or listening to their favourite band or music from a certain decade as well. It's not seen as the in thing or the cool thing. But I I find with me, I've had so many people message me and say, you've inspired me to start collecting or you've inspired me to put the collection that I have on display or let people know that that's, that's what I want for my birthday or Christmas. Is that what I collect? So I think if you can get it out there and show people what you love, show people what you collect, if that helps one person realise it's okay to be an adult and collect the toys from your childhood, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it, then I think you've achieved something. That That's my aim. If I can make one person happy and realise, yep, I'm, I'm going to collect that and that's fantastic, then I've achieved what I wanted to achieve. Mm, yeah, I love that. Do you attend My Little Pony conventions? I haven't been uh, to a convention yet. And every year I say I'm going to go and every year something gets in the way. But I do try and stay quite active online with um, helping out and sharing that side of stuff. And I have submitted some artwork that I drew for the UK convention as well. But my aim is next year, This is I have put it on my bucket list because otherwise I'm going to keep on pushing it back. But next year, I definitely want to go to UK PonyCon for sure. Oh, amazing. I love that as a goal. Yeah, I've I've been so fascinated watching all these conventions pop up um, because, again, it, it really speaks to the culture and the community around My Little Pony. And I don't think that, you know, once you start to look at what's happening there, I don't think people always realize that they're, you know, there's a lot going on and they have uh, sometimes people speaking at these conventions who were uh, creators of My Little Pony, right? They were involved in the production, involved in the animation or the ideas behind them. And and there's a lot of artistry and creativity behind a franchise like this. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, it's it's good to see the the faces behind the people that have created a toy line or have voiced a character or helped with animation, anything like that. And if if you'd have said to me 20, 25 years ago, you can put a thousand people in a room that like My Little Pony and they're all going to get along and they're all going to watch the same thing or go around the stalls and be able to buy different toys, I would never have thought of it. But I think something like that is such a good thing because it brings all the different generations together as well, especially like the UK Pony Con is celebrating generation one right the way through to generation five this year so it just brings everyone together you're not stuck with someone saying they like generation four and generation one saying well you can't join in on this 
it's everyone if you love my little, my little pony that's it everyone's in the same boat and i just think that's a wonderful thing to be able to bring people together for a couple of days yeah i love that i mean it, but it would be so weird if if my little pony people were mean right yeah, I mean, <laughs> it makes yeah, sense I mean, that it's so <laughs> inclusive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like you, you can't join. You like generation yeah. four. You great. There's, there's people that just like a certain generation and that's it. But it's the same as anything that you like. There's always going to be someone who's doesn't agree with something or doesn't like what you do. It just is what it is. But I'd yeah, ninety nine point nine percent of us we're okay here. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So would you say then that there's a community around My Little Pony, but what else is My Little Pony? Is it is it a community on its own? Is it a subculture? What is this movement that seems to continue to exist around it? I definitely think there, there is a subculture to it as well. I mean, there's people collect My Little Pony who collect all other 80s, 90s toys as well. I mean, I would love to collect other toys that I remember from when I was a kid. But I know I would run out of room so fast. So that's why I stick to just My Little Pony, which is my favourite anyway. But I definitely think there is a big subculture that goes with it. And for me, it's it's about friendship and kindness and just being there for each other as collectors. You know, as I said, if, if I can help someone out, if they're after a certain character or figure, and if I've got two of them or whatever it may be, because if, if I'm out and I see a My Little Pony, I'll always pick it up. If it's in a thrift store, secondhand store, I'll always pick it up, even if I've got it. So if someone's looking for it, I will try and help out. But I definitely think there is a big, good community with My Little Pony as well. And even uh, where I live locally, I've had people come and visit the pony room. I've had people stop me in the supermarket and say, I've seen you online. Can I come and see the pony room? So it's, it's, it's good in that aspect because it's also uh, community wise for me. When I moved here, I didn't know anybody. I moved um, about 150 miles from where I used to live. So I didn't know anybody, but I've moved here. And because of My Little Pony, I now know people in the community. So it's definitely widened my horizon outside of the pony room, shall we say, as well. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, I love that. I love that. Miranda, thank you so much. It's been so great to talk to you and uh, hear your thoughts and your stories about My Little Pony. How can people find you online if they want to learn more? Uh, I'm on Instagram and TikTok under the name of Sniffing Plastic Ponies, which was a little bit of a joke. And then it, it became my username because My Little Pony has a distinct plastic smell, as they say. Um, I'm also over on Twitter very, very occasionally, or X as it's called now, under the same username. But I'm predominantly on Instagram and TikTok. And over on Instagram, I do try and do it a real positive community and get everyone, all the generations involved as well. So it's not just Generation 1, even though that's my favourite generation. All generations are welcome over on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And and you also collect fake My Little Ponies, right? You're you're about all, like, all the ponies are invited. Yeah, I love fake My Little Ponies. Yeah. It's, it's so <laughs> ugly. It's fantastic. Oh. I, I love the fact that other toy companies had to rip off My Little Pony to get something to sell. That's what just, yeah, they, they just make me laugh so much. There's a real ugly one whose nickname is Rinse and Spit because it's got teeth. And I got that as a kid as a Christmas present from my nan. 
and I was really excited to get a My Little Pony. And as a kid, I undone the package and I was like, okay, what is that? If if you Google rinse and spit My Little Pony, you'll see the monstrosity that it is. But she's sort of become the mascot for Fakey Friday online where everyone shares their ugly fake ponies. And I, I think they're so funny. It's great. I just, I just love the fact, that, as I said, that other companies had to rip off My Little Pony to get a toy that would actually sell for them. I think that's great. <laughs> I think that's so sweet. I just love, I love that all the ponies are welcome in your world. Yeah, I mean, if when I was a kid, I didn't, I didn't really care if I got a My Little Pony and it was fake. I would still play with that as I would the other ponies. They were just like the ugly relative as a kid. <laughs> when I was playing with My Little Ponies, the fake pony would be the ugly relative that would come and visit. And that was, but I just, yeah, as long as I had something that resembled a My Little Pony, I was happy and that's it. I didn't care whether it was fake or real. As long as it had four little legs and a mane that I could brush or plait, yeah, that's fine. I was happy. That's it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Miranda. It's been so great to talk to you. And uh, I, yeah, I, I think this is, yeah, it's just great. It just makes me so happy that you have all these ponies and um, it's, yeah, it's been wonderful to chat. And thank you to everyone for tuning into the Forever 80s podcast today. I will talk to you again soon. Thank you very much for having me. You've been listening to the Forever 80s podcast hosted by Liz Worth, where we talk to fans, artists, collectors, and more about all the things we love about the 1980s. If you like this episode, let us know. Hit subscribe, leave a review, or share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon.